Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Patrick Hevner, the CEO and founder of Pisgah Banjo Company. If you're a banjo nerd, this episode's for you. We talk a lot of shop. I'm actually pretty ignorant when it comes to how banjos are made, so it was really cool to talk to someone who's passionate about this whole other aspect of old-time music. I sometimes forget that someone made my instrument, and they're actually very responsible for my sound, even though I like to take all the credit. In our interview, Patrick shares his philosophy as a business owner, and I think it really mirrors the spirit of the music that he's enabling, which was really encouraging to hear. I love about the show that I have these talented, amazing guests who are also generous and full of gratitude, and Patrick is no exception. Let's get it started. Patrick Hebner, everybody. Enjoy. Kevner, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Uh, you are the uh, CEO. CEO, owner. Owner. Yeah, owner. I like saying CEO. Operator. <laughs> yeah. CEO. Of, uh, of Pisgah Banjo Company. Yes. Yeah, very good. Uh, so um, how long has this, how long have you been making banjos and how long have you been doing it 
uh, under an LLC? Okay, <laughs> uh, good question. Well, I started officially started Pisgah Banjos uh, in 2012. Okay, uh, it was just technically it was a sole proprietorship, uh-huh. um, but actually didn't become an LLC until. Um, couple years ago but i don't even really know what that means it's just it's all just it's just as you like grow in a business it just yeah you have more layers to protect yourself essentially if right right if you right get sued or whatever but i don't think anybody will sue you in the old time right right old time world. Uh, i hope not yeah not either. <laughs> but you know you just never know and you take you yeah, take, yeah, yeah you take precautions it's, it's a pretty common common thing but but I've been building banjos for um, over ten years, yeah. um, and I I built the my first twenty five banjos just under under my name, just Patrick Hevner banjos, um, and then decided to um, actually start start a, a banjo business in two thousand twelve, yeah. and call it Pisgah Banjos. Um, so so yeah, um, and. Uh, Kind of been doing it full time since uh, two thousand, late two thousand fourteen. How many uh, how many banjos do you make like a year? We do about three hundred banjos right a year. We're actually, um, as far as I know, we're the largest open back banjo builder in the country. No way. So we we that just focus on, on yeah that the don't do bluegrass that don't do bluegrass or tenors banjos. Or, yeah yeah and even like even own banjos they they do about 200 yeah that's what i banjos, thought about 250 banjos is that just open backs or just total i think just total man. i'm not sure i'll have to ask tanya about that man that's awesome but yeah we're doing yeah we're doing 300 a year um we're gonna break a thousand banjos a summer and we're just kind of cooking right along as far as as far as production, you know, we're selling every banjo that we make. So we're trying yeah. to find that that threshold or wherever it it evens out. Yeah. Um, but we haven't reached that yet. So we'll just keep making more until <laughs> until we we have a stockpile of banjos that we can't sell. So. Yeah. I mean, there's always just like always. It's it's not like once people get one banjo, then they're like, oh, I guess I don't need a banjo anymore. Yeah. It's not like cars. <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of repeat customers. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, our banjos are affordable enough where people will just, they'll say, oh, I can buy two Pisgah banjos instead of one other other banjo. Especially at your, like, you, I don't know if you still do this, but the, when I see you at festivals, you, you, do, you do, like, a festival rate. Festival rate, yep. And it's like, I always like every time you you have a you have a tent up at you know Mount Airy or Clifftop. I always see someone who with with a with a Rambler or something. They're like, I just bought this. Yeah, it's like you always have it at that perfect impulse buy. Like, exactly. Price. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I, well, I um, yeah, I I do that. Um, I, I do that for several reasons, and I, I, it's a fine balance because I have retailers as well, yeah, yeah. and I have people who buy custom. Uh, banjos for me and so mm-hmm. we sell them uh, we sell them for a thousand bucks with a case um, at at Clifftop and Mount Airy um, and I only do those two festivals yeah and and those those banjos are um, they might have I don't like to call them seconds but sure, they, sure. they might have like a knot or it's the the grain is not as right. like pretty as right, right. as one I would I would send to a retailer or or or, or have have as a custom so they are like they're 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 great banjos they you know they're 
I treat them just like any other banjo that we assemble or put together, but I, I specifically pick them out just for, uh, just for the festivals. Um, because I don't want, I don't want my retailers to get mad at me and cause I don't want to under, you know, I don't want to undercut my, yeah, totally, my totally. retailers. And so, yeah. And if, if anybody comes, um, if anybody comes to the shop and, and picks, picks up the banjo that I already have assembled, um, you know, they're, they don't get the deal. They, yeah. uh, you know, charge them full, full retail, which, you know, my full retail price isn't that much more than, right. than a thousand dollars. So yeah. it's really, you know, it's, it's a fine line. Um, also, uh, sometimes I put, uh, banjos with, with knots or blemishes on eBay. Yeah. Um, and sell them. I put them up for 99 cents, no reserve. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to watch the, the, the people on eBay. And a lot of times they, they go as much as the, the full retail. That's awesome. Price. So, um, but, but anyway, it's the, the, the banjo business is it's, I'm still learning it and I'm still like, yeah. like figuring it out. And I've, I've actually only recently figured out kind of how, how I want to move forward with it and, and to sort of like sustain yeah. my sanity Right. And, and, um, continue to build banjos and, and make a living. Yeah. Cause that, so. that seems like, you know, it's sort of like an American dream to start your own business, to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But then once you get it started, it's like, well, now I just have to have to do this all the time. Yeah. So then, yeah, like, exactly. I have some friends who are business owners and, you know, and like, uh, um, they, they own this like really, really, really popular pizza place in, in, in Philly called pizza brain. And, uh, yeah, it didn't take long for them to, you know, for when I would talk to them individually, for them to be like, yeah, I guess now I'm just slinging pies, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like, what do I do now? How do yeah. I keep this interesting? Yeah. How yep. do I keep this going? Yeah. Yeah. You so. have payroll to, to worry about now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Business insurance. Totally. And, and all this stuff. Um, and, and on top of the banjos, um, what's actually been more um, interests me over the past couple of years is banjo parts. Yeah. And so we've, we've been, I've developed, um, a second company called Balsam Banjo Works LLC. It's a sister company to Pisgah Banjos, but I, I own both companies. And, um, and so what Balsam does is we, uh, or I, uh, <laughs> the proverbial we, yeah. um, <laughs> I uh, design, <laughs> design and and work with um, uh, machine shops yeah. across the country. We work, or I work, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with about. I always like to say we because because it's not just me at Pisgah Banjos. Um, it's it's I have four guys that work for me, and I always I do like to to include include yeah. them. It's not just me. Yeah, you know, chained to my bench. Um, I work with some some really great guys who I can t- I can talk about um, in a minute, but um, but anyway, we develop hardware um, and work with machine shops um, that manufacture the stuff for us. And the great thing about Balsam Banjo Works hardware is all made in the United States. Yeah, um, and that's that's the it's the first and as far as I know, the only source for all American made hardware. There's parts here wow. and there for other manufacturers, but. Um, every part on a Pisgah banjo um, is uh, is made in the U.S. except for yeah. the the tuners. The tuners are made in Japan. Yeah. Um, there is a tu- there is a tuner manufacturer, uh, Five Star. I guess uh, Stuart McDonald makes Five Star tuners. Um, they're made in I think they're made in Montana, but the, I think that even the fifth string tuner is made overseas. So yeah. Um, 
but I like I like the GoTo tuners better than the five stars, so that's why that's why yeah. I use those. Um, well, but, what am, what am I playing right now? What you're holding is uh, it's actually a new it was a prototype banjo. Um, we 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 started out making these metal clad spun over rims with, with they were stainless steel spun over rims, and uh, we call it the Rambler. Uh, yeah. And if if it has the the Dobson tonering in it, we call it the Rambler Dobson. Yeah. And so this is a um, very similar to the Rambler, except it has a copper spun rim instead of a stainless steel so, rim. So just to clarify for you know non banjo nerds, mm-hmm. um, we got like so like a typical like old time banjo just has like a wooden rim yep. and it's either 11 inches in diameter or 12, sometimes yep. smaller or bigger, but usually it's just that. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while you see this, you see an old time banjo with metal around the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, metal cloud. Yeah. And normally I feel like you don't see these copper ones like this. Well, is, you copper, know, is copper normal? Or I guess stainless steel <laughs> is, is that what you say? Stainless steel is not, is not traditional. Normal. Yeah, so that's no. your um, so okay, so the the traditionals spun over or spun realms, um use nickel silver yeah and and so those are those are great and and basically you would you would spin the rim and then you would you would uh oh gosh you no you i'm sorry you would make the the you would make the wooden hoop first and then you would spin the metal around it yeah so we do it opposite we make the the metal ring first and then put the wood on the inside and then spin the wood and then turn the wood um, and we do that for several reasons. Um, uh, for one, it's easier. Um, also, the the banjo realm itself is more durable, so the the metal clad, or the metal is thicker. Yeah. So that that realm will will never warp, and and so you're able to get by with a really thin realm, and you get that really kind of more plunky tone with a thinner realm. Um, but you don't have to worry about the longevity of the banjos. A lot of uh, a lot of builders use um, plywood drum shells uh, for the rims, and they like them because they're really thin uh, and they're great. But they have a tendency to warp yeah. over time, um, and so it's just like anything. You know, the thinner the soundboard gets on a on a fiddle or a mandolin, the better it sounds. But um, but it's not going to last. Yeah. So there's a there's a balance between uh, structure and longevity and tune, and so. And so we're able to get by with a thin rim and have it structurally sound. So, but they're they're um, they're made kind of in a traditional way. They're you know you take long strips of copper or stainless steel and you. I, I actually I don't know. I am, oh. I'm completely ignorant. So I'm sure. really glad you're telling me about yeah, it. Yeah, no, 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 it's fine. Um, long strips of yeah, long strips of copper. Yeah, um, or stainless steel, or we do brass ones as well. And you roll them and you weld them together and you put them on a um, a spinning lathe. Um, these are actually made uh, with a metal spinner that I've been working with. They were actually the first um, parts. They were the first manu- um, machine shop that I started working with, and they're great. And so they actually they also make my um, my Dobson turn rings as well. But anyway, they they roll them, they weld them together, or weld the the uh, the joint together, and then they put them on a, a mandrel, and then they bead over the the edge, and so. Um, so when I get them, they're really rough looking. So I clean them up, um, shine them up, put the wood in. It is um, really pretty. And then do th- this one in particular has um, aging solution. So I went took it a step further and 
and put a chemical solution on it and yeah. um, aged it. For those of you who can't see, which is everyone except for uh, <laughs> uh, me and Patrick, this kind of, it, I would describe it, it. It looks like like a like a like a handsome manly vintage wedding ring is mm, <laughs> like yeah. what this banjo looks like to me, mm. like or like a couple of them because there's sort of like these different metal hues going on. Yeah, it's just like really uh, really pretty. Um, I actually don't have that on my website yet, so we're working on a new website uh, that'll come out hopefully this summer sometime. Right on. Get some um, pics. I mean, I can, yeah, I could take a picture. Sure, of it if yeah, you, you want. can do yeah, it on the site. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> unless, unless it's like industry secret right now. No, no. <laughs> I have no secrets. Yeah. Um, you know, if anybody wants to know anything about banjos uh, or banjo building, I you know I teach uh, banjo building workshops. Um, right on. And I've probably done six or seven of them at this point, and and I, t- I tell folks in the in the class that I have. No secrets. This is yeah. You know, some people are really like, like are really close guarded with their their secrets. Yeah. But um, if you really want to build banjos and you yeah, <laughs> if you want to, I mean, start a business and and compete or whatever. I'm you know more power to you. I'm yeah, happy to, happy to help <laughs> you out and uh, sell you sell you all American made banjo parts. There you go. As well. <laughs> so well, I like that the yeah the spirit of like old time inclusivity that you're including that in your. Yeah, and what I found with attitude the, about business with the parts business is I've been able to work with um, kind of my my favorite banjo builders. Yeah, um, uh, Jason Romero. I made I just made a bunch of rims for Jason right Romero. Um, oh, that's another thing we're doing now is we're doing a lot of banjo rim production. Uh, I developed this, um, which hopefully you'll you'll get to see. Um, we're we're not in we're not in my shop. At yeah. this point, um, and and Cameron has not seen my shop yet, but um, um, but I have these these big uh, machines that make banjo rims. They're they're mandrel presses. They use a twenty ton uh, twenty ton jack to to compress the the banjo plies together, and so we can actually make eighteen banjo rims per day. It's awesome. I have, <laughs> nine, I have nine of these machines, and we can do two per two per press per day. So. Um, so I've been making, I've uh, been stockpiling rims and um, just shipped off um, half a dozen to Chuck Lee uh, recently. Um, shipped some to Ohm banjos recently. Right on. Uh, made 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 a um, bunch for Jason Marrow. He he actually he shipped me some wood, and I cut it up and made rims to kind of help him get you know his shop burned down um, a while back, and so kind of yeah. helping him get get back Good. on his feet. Um, and. So yeah, so banjo rims and and banjo parts and and I love you know working with uh, builders. It's I've um, been learning a lot from. I think that's my favorite part of the the yeah the the business is 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 getting to network with with Ohm. Um, I got to meet uh, Chuck Ogsbury, who started Ohm, you know, back in the '60s, um, and his daughter Tanya, and and they're just incredible. I got to got to visit their shop last summer in Colorado and and um, I'm really good friends with Bart Ryder right on um, uh, he's uh, um, he's a great guy you know he uh, same kind of thing he has no secrets you know he invited me up and we spent a day in his shop or two days building a banjo in same. his shop and you know just shooting the shit it was it was great yeah and um, and he's bought parts for me um, um 
it's good. It's good to, to network and 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 uh, it's. I've always find that 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 your business is always better if you can work with with people instead of against people. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of my my philosophy. It's n- long story, but but no secrets. I'm I'm happy to to help anybody <laughs> out or sell parts to anybody. And right on. Yeah, it's great. Uh, let's play another tune. I'm going to play another. Uh, so yeah, just to clarify, I'm uh, not playing my normal banjo. I'm playing Pisca banjos, and Patrick is playing fiddle um, on on this episode. But so what is there a name for this one? Um, uh, it's just because it's a prototype. So you have it. Yeah, I think. Uh, instead of having like a different model name, we're just going to call it a metal clad. I'm sorry, a copper clad rambler. Copper clad rambler. Yeah, and just the standard, the standard <laughs> rambler good. will be like the stainless steel. Yeah, yeah. Well, copper clad, brass clad, yeah. stainless steel clad, because they're they're all very similar. Right. Um, but um, anyway, cool. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that first tune we played was uh, "What You Gonna Do with the Baby?" Tommy Gerald's yeah, yeah <clears throat> version. Or source. Um, and Chicken and Dumplings is next. Yeah, Chicken yeah. and Dumplings. Uh, this is a tune uh, from uh, Trevor Stewart from where I am. And, uh, well, he's he was from, um, I guess, the Candler, or I'm sorry, the Canton area, um, sort of more west of Asheville. But anyway. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah.
Chicken nice. and dumplings. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> yeah, that's a great tune. Yeah. Right on. Um, so, how did you get into playing old-time music? I, I guess I would imagine that that happened before banjo building. Yes. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, uh, so I went to. Um, I was always. I've always played music, um, and growing up in uh, middle school and high school, I played the uh, played the trombone, and I was really, especially in high school, I got really big into jazz, trombone, and um, and I loved it. I was like. I was really big in a marching band. I played. Um, I was the drum major and in, in oh, right marching on. band. And, I was in marching band too. Oh yeah, what you? I played sousaphone. Sousaphone, yeah. nice. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great. And I, uh, I wanted to study music. I actually mm. went to Appalachian State. They have a great um, music program there, and uh, joined the the. Um, trombone choir and their jazz band and also marched uh uh my first year my freshman year in college and um hated it <laughs> it was not not like high school you know yeah, yeah. small very small fish in a very big yeah, pond yeah. and um and it was just you know i would like drudge go into the practice rooms and practice scales for hours on end um and i was even taking like private lessons for trombone and I just did not like it. And, and, um, I'd taken a class, um, my first semester, um, called, uh, um, just intro to Appalachian studies. It was an elective class. Cause I was, I was always been interested in like the Foxfire books and kind of mm. old, you know, mountain culture. And, um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up too far f- from it. I grew up an hour from, from Boone. Um, but just being in the foothills was, was, you know, far removed. There's no old time music, um, in Morganton where I grew up. Um, it was all bluegrass music. So I didn't really know what old time music was until app state. Um, and so we covered, you know, we covered Appalachian music, uh, in that class. And, um, and first semester of college, you know, I was, I was doing the, doing the, doing the trombone thing and, 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 um, got it really interested in fiddle. Um, and even got like a like a cheap fiddle to, to start learning tunes on, and found out that fiddle was really hard. <laughs> and, um, the, I think the next semester I took a a class called um, um, just old time string band music class. It was a I was a I was involved in an inter, interdisciplinary uh, program as well as you can. It's called Watauga College, which is part of um, part of App State, um, it's like your freshman sophomore program. So you don't you don't take typical uh, history and um, uh, and English cl- classes. You take old time string band music cool. or Appalachian studies cool. music. And so and so um, that's really where I discovered the banjo. And my not my roommate, but my sweet mate uh, had a bluegrass banjo. And so me and my roommate at the time we were both in that class and, and we were like, Oh, this is awesome. So we like borrowed his banjo or sweet mates banjo. And, um, and, and, uh, and my birthday was coming up and my, so my, my parents bought me a really cheap, you know, bluegrass banjo. Yeah. And I immediately, you know, took the resonator off <laughs> and just, um, kind of gave, gave the fiddle a break for a long time. <laughs> 
and just started playing playing fiddle. I'm sorry, started playing banjo, and um, and pretty soon I've I've figured out that I needed a better banjo. You know, I hadn't even had the banjo like eight months, six or eight months, and I was like, I need a, another banjo. And so that's when I started, you know, looking at the elderly website and, yeah. and seeing all these these banjo builders. And I was like, oh, there's banjo builders. There's people like making a living, yeah, building it's banjos. Not factories. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I really, um, really wanted uh, some people around Boone had a had a, um, Mike Ramsey's banjos. And I was like, oh, this is this is really nice. I guess I didn't really, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted, but I saw like other people that I respected, you know, playing Mike Ramsey banjos. And so I called I called Mike Ramsey up and I was like, hey, I, I would like to buy a banjo. And, you know, he took my information down. And he was like, oh, yeah, I got one here. Um, I'll have it to you in like a month or so. And and a month went by. I didn't hear from him. Another one month went by. And so I called him. I couldn't get in touch with him. I left message after mm-hmm. message. And finally, like three or four months went by. And I just could not get in, top, in touch with him. Huh. And, and so um, so I went to my, my friend, Mark Freed, who is um, – he lives in Boone. And he's the uh, – he runs the uh, the jam program in Boone, um, and also the the Wataga. I think he works for the Wataga Arts Council. Um, anyway, he recommended this uh, builder to go check out not far from there in Beach Mountain, and he his name is Charlie Glenn. And he said um, he said go visit Charlie. You know he'll have banjos for you to try. So I went out and visited Charlie. He's this great guy, um, older gentleman. He makes fiddles, banjos, uh, dulcimers, um, all sorts of things, and and I was looking at his banjos, and I liked them, uh, but I was like, you know, it like being in a shop, it like got me interested, because I I come kind of from a woodworking background. My father and I would refinish furniture, and later in high school, I would I would do like reproduction furniture, and and I was really interested in like the New Yankee Workshop and this old house, and like. Um, all these like woodworking shows. It was just fascinating to me. And so, so instead of buying a banjo from Charlie, I was like, Hey Charlie, can you show me how to make a banjo? And he set me down right there and showed me how to make a banjo pot. And so that, I think that over, uh, Thanksgiving break, I went home, uh, to my father's, uh, shop in the basement and, and hacked out of <laughs> my first banjo. That's awesome. Do you still have it? Um, I still have the neck. Uh huh. Um, I think I took the part, the pot apart and like used the hardware on another, on a different banjo because hardware is so expensive. Um, so I was, I, I, I'm sure I used it on a different banjo and, but I, yeah, I do, I, stu, I do still have the, the neck. The, the pot was, was not very good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I definitely still have the neck. Right on. So, um, but yeah, uh, and that's kind of how I got started. And the next, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I started looking at banjo parts and like seeing how, how do people, you know, like seeing the prices of banjos and, and like figuring out how people sell banjos and like what yeah. is like the wholesale, like even early on, I was like trying to figure out like wholesale pricing versus retail right. pricing and cost of materials. And like, even from the beginning, I was like, it's just like anything. The more you buy, the cheaper it is. And same yeah. with banjo parts. The more parts you buy, the cheaper they are. And so I bought enough parts to make six banjos. 
I was like, I'm going to go make six banjos. So that's yeah. what I did next. <laughs> I made six more banjos. And um, I don't know how I sold them. I think I put some on eBay. I think some people locally bought some. And I took one or two to a retail shop in Black Mountain acoustic, called Acoustic Corner. And they were my very first consignment shop. And in fact, this year will mark 10 years. Um, and we're going to do a special. I'm going to. I'm gonna. They're gonna buy my number one thousand banjo this summer, right and on. they're gonna auction it off or sell raffle tickets as part of this one to know a gathering. Right on. Um, so since they were my very first retailer, so cool. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's it's funny to see how like when I started making banjos, you know, over ten years ago, and how it's progressed, and how like I never would have thought that. I would be, you know, doing this for a living and getting ready to make my thousandth yeah. banjo. It never would have crossed my mind. So, but here I am. A thousand banjos. <laughs> yeah, and I'm 30. I'm about to turn 31. Yeah. Yeah. So my goal was to make a thousand by the time I was 31. So we'll, Great. we'll get, we'll get really close at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, but. What's uh, next on this? Oh, this is a very good um, tune title that's in dispute, I guess. The Jenny. No, it's not in dispute. Not it's, in dispute? I, I just think it's dispute. Jenny run away in the mud in the night. Yeah. But I think he's saying middle of the night. Right. But, but it's, it's, it's Jenny run away in the mud in the night. So uh, I'm going to play this other banjo for this one. What What is this? Oh, okay. Um, that is, um, that's our newest model called the Woodchuck. Um, and it, uh, we wanted a banjo that would compete more with like gold tune, uh-huh. um, and have it also be like a higher end, higher in the gold, gold tone, also higher end than like a, a, a during good time. Um, but still affordable. This one retails for 1145 with a case. Um, so we did things on this banjo that we don't normally do on other banjos, um, it doesn't have a rim cap, and a rim cap is only decorative. It just like the rim cap just hides the the layers oh, I see. Yeah. on the uh, the layers of of wood on the on the back of the pot. But this one you can it's painted black, so you can't really see you can't see the right. the layers anyway. Plus, the way we're making banjo rims now, we don't have any gaps between the plies, so we can we can get by with um, with not having a rim cap on, yeah. the, on this model. Also, has a solid piece. Uh, neck or other banjos have three piece necks. This is a solid um, ash neck, so it's just like less less glue up time. Um, right. Um, and the main thing is that you know we can make twenty or thirty of them at a time, and they're all exactly the same. Right. And that we're not having to to deal with um, custom options. Um, so that's another reason why the price point is is what it is, and so. Um, and I like it. We've been selling a lot of woodchucks, so yeah, it's man. not. I, I hesitate to call it a student model because it's not a student model. It's right. just it's just the, our our cheapest model. Certain aesthetic things, uh, yeah, are like it's it's not as handsome as the other one that I was playing. Yeah, but I think it's as handsome sounding. I mean, yeah. it sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like a banjo. Yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. 
And like just like little things like the 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 bracket I like your fancy stick drums. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the bracket shoes are like are not plated. So mm. it's just a that's a that's like an extra expense. Right. So these are not plated, so it saves a few pennies. Yeah. You know, here and there and and um, the the hooks are are stainless steel instead of brass, which are a little cheaper to to produce. Right, right. Um so, so yeah, if you're if you're looking for a uh uh it's a solid banjo. If you're looking for a solid banjo yeah. with without all the all of the, just like it's not as showy to look at. Yeah, but it's still plenty handsome. Good yeah, looking. It's well, all of our banjos are are fairly simple. They don't. Sure. You know, we don't do a lot of inlay. Right, right. Um, yeah, stuff. they're. Which I like. I like the. I like the modesty of. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all those things are great on a banjo, but it has nothing to do with the sound. Right. Um. So, do you have any like, uh, just like, fancy. you know, you know how Ohm has the, those catalogs that are just like, go. It's like this. We found this banjo in like a pharaoh's tomb, you know, or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, the gold, gold plated. No, I, I, um, no, I've not done anything like that. Yeah. Um, do you have any interest in doing something like that? Just no. like a ridiculously pretty banjo. <laughs> no. Or gaudy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're 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 very pretty. Um, they're part of it is like the I I can't. It's hard for me to stomach to to stomach selling that banjo to somebody yeah, who yeah. is not going to play the banjo. Right. Or more right. likely not going to play the banjo. So a lot of our clientele are people who are, it's their first step up banjo. Right. Right. It's in that, that price point that, um, that they can afford. Yeah. And, uh, like that, that is shine away from our mission. Yeah. And our mission is to make affordable, good quality handmade banjos. And so, um, we're coming out with like higher end. I'm 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 going to come out soon with. Um, we have some more models coming out soon, um, but I'm going to separate Pisgah production banjos from Pisgah custom. Cool, so Pisgah cool. Pisgah custom will be um, will be you know banjos that that pretty much I build entirely. Right on. Um, and 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 the Pisgah production will be. Banjos that um, I still have, you know, I, there are certain parts of the aspect that I, I do on every single banjo, like the setup um, and the neck carving and things like that. Um, but um, as far as like assembly and like fretwork and inlay stuff, you know, my guys are perfectly capable of doing, doing stuff like that in the shop. And um, we just all kind of work together depending on like the task at hand. But anyway, Pisgah Custom will be will be that higher end market, I guess. And physical production will be um, still essentially doing what, what we're doing now. Cool. Um, so anyway, yeah. So we're playing. Oh, Jenny, run away. Yeah, Jenny, run away. <laughs> it, run away in the mud. In, in the, the mud night. in the night. Yeah. It's a Marcus Martin tune. Marcus Martin uh, was from, uh, I don't think he was born in, well, he's, yeah, he's, he's well, not born in Asheville, but he's from Western North Carolina and, and um, I just I like a lot of his tunes, so this one this one's a good one.
away in the mud in the night. Yeah. Marcus Martin. Very good. Cool. Well, um, do you want to go right into this next tune, Tater Patch? Sure. Um, yeah, I want to also give a shout out to um, Michael Ismario. He's been my my fiddle teacher over the, over the years, and he's um, he has a great um, method instruction for for teaching tunes. And yeah. um, I hope you get a chance to to interview him at some point. But he he'd be a really good really good person to to interview. But right uh, yeah, I can like, use all I, I can use all the help I can get. <laughs> on <your fiddle>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, Tater Patch, uh, another Tommy Gerald. Um. Thank you. 
a great tune. Very good. Mm. Cool. Well, um, we have one more on the list, but um, before before we do that, I just want to say thank you, Patrick Hefner, for being on Get Up in the Cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks and for having me. It's thanks for good. making cool banjos. And, um, <laughs> yeah, like, have, yeah, having an affordable banjo for... Some of my favorite uh, musicians and, and, and best friends uh, in the old-time community um, play your banjos. Um, Jake Blunt plays one, Jeff McLeod, uh, John Salmon plays one, Rebecca Wodarski got one. Oh, we even um, uh, did a... I did a joint build with Mark Ward to make Adam Hurt's banjo. Oh, awesome! I made the I made the rim, and he made the Mark made the the neck. That's some clout right there. And it was <laughs> it was fun. It was nice. I like working with uh, with other other builders. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing a similar thing with Thomas Larson. He's another banjo right maker. Um, but yeah, I like doing joint joint builds. Very cool. Yeah. Anything else you like want to say about Pisgah or? Old time or um, other stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, yes, but we only have so much time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just you know, um, what's the best way to get one of your banjos? Oh gosh, um, my retailers—they're great. Yeah, uh, go uh, uh, Griffin Strings, Elderly Instruments, yeah. uh, Banjo Studio, Acoustic Corner, uh, and Black Mountain Spruce Tree Music. Um, there's there's a bunch of other other ones. Um, we probably have like probably 15 or 16 retailers. Right if you want a custom banjo, contact me right directly. Um, uh, soon to be Pisgah custom. It'll be Very cool. just Patrick at PisgahBanjos.com. And if you want to learn how to build banjos, you know, uh, we teach the banjo building workshops at, uh, uh, um, Bra- at the John Campbell folk school in Brasstown. Um, our next one is actually next February. Uh, 2018 right on um and then we're trying to get one for the fall at uh uh warren wilson college that we we teach there as well so we try to do two a year if we if we can uh two different places so very cool yeah i'm pretty approachable um (laughs) uh yeah just email me i usually respond within 24 hours don't call me please um well you can call me if you want to but uh um call me maybe yeah call me maybe but email that's email, our last tune so. <laughs> email is the best best form of communication for me uh usually phone calls just slow me down when yeah, I, yeah when i'm in a when i'm working in the shop and and um yeah yeah send me an email right on yeah so um cat on a leash cat on a leash um this tune is i i got from michael is mario as well um your fiddle teacher my fiddle teacher uh and the the source is um uh oh gosh anita dolan 1982 um i think it's i think it's kind of a a contradance tune i don't know if it's played much in in old time circles but um well it's a pretty tune it's a pretty tune yeah Thank you. 
you want to get your hands on a Pisgah banjo, there's a lot of ways to do it. Check out PisgahBanjos.com for a full list of retailers. They might have a banjo in a shop near you. You can also meet Patrick at the Pisgah tent at Clifftop this year to make the famous Rambler impulse buy that so many of my friends have now made. Uh, if you want Patrick to make something special for you, shoot him an email, Patrick at PisgahBanjos.com, and tell him what you have in mind. And be on the lookout for Pisgah's new website coming out later this summer with a build-your-own customizable form. If you're a banjo maker, you might consider getting your parts from Balsam Banjo Works. Go to balsambanjoworks.com and take a look around. I was wondering if I knew any builders who use Patrick's banjo parts, and I definitely do. He's got some big names on there like Chuck Lee, Kevin Enoch, and Bart Ryder. I also saw my most recent Patreon subscriber on there, David Whiting, who owns Beartown Banjo. David's really batting a thousand, what with his good taste in podcasts and banjo hardware. Which reminds me, if you like this show and want me to keep making it, the best way to let me know is to support Get Up In The Cool on Patreon. Patreon's a crowdfunding service for creators of regular online content like podcasts or YouTube channels or webcomics. Most entertainment on the internet has to be free in order to be successful, but the only reason my show runs as smooth as it does is the support and encouragement I get from my Patreon subscribers. And they get cool rewards too, like bonus tracks, mp3 downloads, shoutouts on the show, uh, and online banjo workshops. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com, click the Patreon button, and choose a level that works for you. One last thing, I had such an awesome time at Black Creek Fiddler's reunion, and they reminded me that their parent organization is holding their 37th annual Old Songs Folk Festival of Traditional Music and Dance this weekend at the Altamont Fairgrounds in New York. So... If you're looking for something to do, it should probably be that. I heard some really positive things about it at Black Creek, and those people know how to party. Okay, actually, this is the last thing. We recorded this episode in Molly Williams' house in Baltimore, and since then, her and Patrick got engaged, so congratulations, you two. I like you both a lot, and I'm really happy for you. All right, that's enough for now. Thanks for listening, friends. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool.